0: Today, This American Dice presents GM Advice. So you're missing a player. Part one, issues that you might have. Part two, how to fix those. Part three, profit. Join us as we discuss what to do when it rolls around and you're like, wait, where the fuck's Jerry? It's 7.30. You're looking at your watch. Or you're looking at the clock on your computer, waiting for somebody to ring into the Zoom call or whatever the hell program you use. Or waiting for somebody to knock on the door or ring the doorbell. You're sitting there drinking Mountain Dew. You're eating Doritos or whatever it is. If you're in the in person, you're looking around at the other players. Or if you're on some kind of digital format, everyone's kind of doing their own thing. Or you guys are shooting the shit and you're waiting and waiting and waiting and wondering. 7.30 turns into 8.00. Eight. Turns into 8.15. So, you're missing a player. Whether somebody suddenly doesn't show up or they tell you in advance, much more politely, that they're not going to be able to be there... When you're missing a player, it really changes the game and what's going to go on. And today I wanted to talk with you about some tips that I have as a game master of some (laughs) some -hmm. renown. I don't know. Have you ever watched The Gamies, A uh, award show that I just made up and seen me accept uh, the award for game master who best deals with missing players? Well, if you haven't. You should check it out. Hop on YouTube and search up "gamies." Now, it's spelled with a Y, and that's one of the interesting things. And you're going to want to do this at work. Um, you're also going to want to turn your volume way up. And also, you're not going to want to use YouTube, but you're going to want to use P. Earn Hub. P. Earn Hub will bring you to that gamies. All right, so. Do that at work, you'll find that stuff, you'll find all my advice right there for you. Uh, again, turn the volume way up, take your headphones off because your coworkers, they're gonna want to hear this stuff. Invite them over and let them let them let them see what's up. Especially if you have any like real squeamish people who uh yeah, who and, and if it's bring your kid to work day, yeah, this'll be great. So all right, what are the problems with missing a player when you don't have someone at the table? digital or physical well one of the big ones is that they're missing out on the story so they're missing out on what's going on and it's not only an issue that they the the player will miss out on what's up but also their player character won't be as tied into what's going on and even if you kind of come up with contrivances for why they are there even if you just say well you were there you just didn't talk the player now doesn't really know this information or they're divorced from it or they have less um, buy-in when it comes to those matters because after all they weren't in the room they weren't at the table further in games that are a bit crunchier you have the issue of uneven advancement i can remember years ago it wasn't an issue of missing players um, but kind of an issue of uneven game availability My friend Trevor and I were playing L5R pretty regularly, and one of the things that we ran into was he and I worked together, and so since he and I worked together, we could run through a lot of stuff at work, and so he was involved in all these additional plots because we just had more time, and uh, because it was a little bit of a crunchier game for sure, I shouldn't say a little bit, it was definitely a crunchier game, and he was a person who was interested in having his character advance mechanically, he wanted those things. So compared to other PCs, his character was so much further ahead. Um, And so you run into these problems. So whether it's the issue of someone just not enjoying the game, whether it's the issue of their character not being tied into this stuff in the story, whether it's the issue of This person doesn't have the buy-in because, after all, even though their character was there, they weren't present for it. Or whether it's the issue of, oh, my ranger is now level 8 and you guys are all level 4 because whatever it might be. Or the flip of that, which is much more common, my character is level 3 and you guys are all just turning level 5, whatever it might be. It's an issue, and so having a player who's missing can be a problem. So, of course, we've identified the problem. You're missing somebody. What's the solution? Well, I've got a few solutions for you, but before we get into that at all, I'm going to throw this out there. It depends on the tone. That's the tone off in the background. It depends on the tone of the game if the game is very goofy, if it's you guys just having fun, it fucking doesn't matter. That's the deal. That's the real thing. It doesn't really matter that much. If it's something that's much more serious and you're trying to develop this narrative, then it starts to matter more. Or if you have a game where the balance of the game mechanically is a bigger deal. If you have players that come from a more um, kind of crunchy tradition and you'll have somebody who is ticked off. If they're character is now third level and everybody else is fifth level and they're going into a situation where they're just mechanically at a disadvantage they might be upset those are the kind of reasons why this could be a problem but if the game is just fun if you're just sitting down and playing to kind of shoot the shit and screw around it doesn't matter if the other person was gone so that's the first thing if you're just having fun honestly this stuff doesn't matter that much so just go with the flow, all right? What were some reasons that someone said, uh, a buddy of mine, Andrew, in the past used to say, oh, that character's in the cosmic toilet. Like, they're just in the bathroom. Like, literally, they're just off-screen, taking a poop, and then when uh, they come back, they literally come back and are like, hey, guys, what's up? I just took a huge oh, huge steamer over there. And Don't go in that little chamber uh, where we already cleared out the goblins, because there's another... Uh, another stinky beast that you don't want to face. That kind of a thing. So again, if it's silly, if it's goofy, if it's not meant to be serious, it's not a big deal. When the game is more serious, that's when it becomes an issue. When the game's more serious. Alright, so, the game is more serious, someone being gone is going to be an issue. What do you have? Well, if the person can give you the heads up of, hey, I know we're supposed to meet tonight at eight and I can't do it, they give you the heads up in advance, reschedule. It sucks, it really does. But if it's going to matter a lot, it's often, straight up, easiest to just reschedule the game. There were so many times when we've played games where somebody had something going on that we should have rescheduled. Somebody had company at their house and they couldn't—they couldn't really avoid it. And so they're constantly every time they unmute themselves in a digital game, you hear their uh, family members in the background being like, "Huh? What? Who? Oh, what? What? Ho! Oh, pass the gravy!" Like that kind of a thing in the background. Just reschedule the game. It's a pain, but if it if the story you're creating matters to you, reschedule it. And if it matters to everybody else, they'll understand. All right? In the in the thing that I was just describing, again, if you're not recording the game, it's not a big deal. But if somebody's going to say, hey, I can't make it, um, or if I can make it, I'm going to have to leave super-duper early, maybe just reschedule. It'll be okay. Um... And again, if people are into the game, they'll be understanding. So rescheduling stuff, or just skipping a week, whatever it might be, can be pretty good. Alright. Here's another possibility. Splitting the party. Come up with a reason to split the party. I know that splitting the party is in the past been kind of a thing that you're not supposed to do, but nowadays, a lot of people are very much in favor of splitting the party, and I am one of those people. Um, Split the party up. Come up with some kind of reason why character X has to be cut off from the rest of the group. Maybe there's two players that can't make it tonight. Those two players are together. They're going to do something. We'll deal with them later. We're going to focus on um we're gonna focus on cyclops gene and storm meanwhile wolverine and beast are doing their own thing where uh it's cool to have a lot of body hair so that kind of a deal um and as i would be over there with them hanging out uh so splitting the party i think can be a useful tactic a useful trick in this um and if you can get the heads up in advance honestly you can use the t- you can just do exactly what you were going to do and come up with some quick thing to split those other players off or the other players the other p- PCs off and come up with what's exactly going on with them later it is important to talk to the piece to the players who are there for like okay, heads up. Your PCs are going to be the only ones we talk about tonight. Don't just focus on where the hell are Wolverine and Beast. Yes, you're going to want to find them, but you know, you need to move things on to keep playing the game. We'll come back to them later. We'll have a couple of scenes early on with what were they doing? Maybe they were captured and you guys are trying to find them. Maybe, um, you know what I mean, they were stuck in the net and then it was up to you guys to cut them out of the net and save them from the Ewoks who were going to eat them, whatever it might be. That kind of thing. All right, so splitting the party can work. The advantage of modular games. What if you know in advance that someone isn't going to be around for a while? That same element of splitting the party can work, but you also can build your game in a way where this can kind of work a little bit more easily. So, if you have people who, uh, players whose schedules for a little while are going to be difficult, So, I'll use what we had in our game, for instance. In the This American Monster game, um, during the second mystery, Lee was having his first kid. He and his wife were having their first kid, and so he was pretty busy. Completely reasonable. During our fourth mystery, um, David was getting married. And so, because of those things, they were much busier, and we didn't really... It would be unfair to both them and everyone else to try to reschedule that stuff. Unfair to them because it would be more pressure on them when they're going through a lot of pressure with a lot of stuff that they're dealing with. And unfair to everybody else because we wanted to keep playing. We wanted to keep creating this story and to wait for them and to have to do this maybe once every three or four weeks would be difficult Um, We decided instead, well, maybe that person's character isn't going to be around. The deal with that is creating modular games. So Monster of the Week works out really, really well for that. You know, you have this mystery. Maybe one character, one PC is just not around for a particular mystery. If you can build games in like this, if you have a situation of, alright, we're playing d and and our characters always go to the pub, they find something on this board for quests, we go on that quest, the quest is three to six game sessions. If you know so-and-so is going to be busy, maybe have that character doing something else. And one of the great things is, when they come back... You can have them have some time kind of telling you this is what my character was doing then. They were exploring those other things. And those modular games often, not always, but often lead like lead you to do that. Where, alright, we're taking a break between this mystery and the next one. What are you guys doing in the downtime? Well, what had you been not doing during the downtime? But instead, while the other players were on their well the other characters were on their adventure, what is it that you were doing? You were off, you know, researching and figuring out that aha, actually we have to do this to summon Sc- Scra- Scragnar, whatever it might be. So those modular games can really work. All right. All righty. So what happens if you don't have a modular game? And you don't think that it's going to be good to reschedule stuff. Maybe you guys aren't playing super regularly. And you say, if we skip this, we are not going to play for a while again. And I'd really want to play this game. We're on a roll. Let's keep things going. If we fumble here, it's going to be a problem. Who plays a character when their player's not here? Here. So, what do you think, Austin, of just having the GM run the, play, the player character, or possibly another player run that player character. I am not a fan of either of these, truthfully, um, but I can tell you advantages and disadvantages to both. The advantage to having the GM, the person running the game, run this PC whose player isn't around. Is that they can try to minimize some of the impacts on that player. They can basically have that person take a very, very much a back seat and do things kind of mildly, uh, knowing that hey, if I do certain things, there might be some nasty effects. I'll make sure I don't do these things with this character. Again, if the game isn't very serious. Who gives a shit is an important part to this. But if it's more serious, that can be an issue. Um, I can remember a game that we played years ago. Um, It was actually the first time that we tried to run the uh, Mission to Mount Gloom, I think I called it. The game that I ran with my cousins and some of their friends. That went crazy when uh, we learned that Dungeon World does not work for PvP. Um, I had played that same adventure idea that I came up with years earlier with David, Lee, Carl, Alex, and uh, a friend of Alex's, and the game was a ton of fun. I wish we had recorded that, but we had a lot of technical issues, and one of the days we had such a technical issue, we could not get Lee into the game, and that was supposed to be the last game. And I did a thing, which was they were facing up off against... Um, Like, undead, an undead horde. And I had Lee's character being one of these. uh, I basically said, like, oh, well, since this is going to be the last game, we could do whatever. And I had Lee's character as this kind of zombie hound creature implying that. Oh, he, not implying, basically directly stating he's dead and uh, the bad guys killed him. And now they're using him as this undead zombie hound monster. And this will be upsetting for you guys to fight him. And Lee, later on, when we that wasn't the last game, was not happy about that. Uh, And so, I think doing too much with characters aren't there can be a big pitfall. As the person running the game, if you can hold back on those kind of instincts to just... Or hold back on those uh, wild hairs up your ass to just go crazy, I think that you have some advantages... You know this is going to be a big deal, maybe this isn't the character who does that. You can also use that PC whose player isn't there to kind of play devil's advocate. Um, And I've recommended this with uh, NPC leaders, where here's this person who can kind of bring up like, well, what about this? and you can use this person as an in into the group to make the group think about things that wouldn't otherwise be thought about. And you can do this with any other kind of NPC companions as well. Um, the dilemma is this character usually tends to become pretty darn boring. They tend to recede into the background and that can be kind of lame. And unless you're just very, very hands off, if you do anything, it can be kind of seen as like, eh, this is this is you making these decisions and this is this is a problem. It all depends on your group's dynamic, but we I think you can figure out how that could work out with a lot of groups. If you let another player play this PC, you have a few things that you that are interesting. One. A good thing about it is they are more inclined... They're also inclined to be cautious because they don't want to piss off their friend. But they don't know what you know as the person running the game. So if you... They might say, okay, well, this person's sticking with me because, after all, I don't know what's down the right-hand chamber of this. Um. So it, it removes some of those... Um, kind of omniscient narrator elements that uh, can cause inaction because the person doesn't literally know what's going on. The person playing this missing player's PC doesn't know what's happening in the game and in the game world. They're still making choices based only on what they as the player know and so there's still an element to, like, oh, you, you walked in right into the trap kind of a deal, as opposed to you feeling as the person running the game of, if I have them go down the tunnel to the right where there is the trap, am I leading these uh, PCs into it? Instead, they're going into it on their own. They're just saying that, like, uh, I guess Jimmy's character would uh, walk up here with me, and, you know, uh, I'm a ranger, so I have probably pretty good wisdom. Oh, I rolled a six. Oh, the net like that kind of a thing. So, I think you want to figure out what you're gonna do if somebody isn't there in advance. And I think you need to, you need to figure that stuff out in advance and you need to figure out how much leeway a particular person has. Is If you've got the same game group and you're used to it and you know what's going on, that's a little bit easier Um, but if you don't and you're playing a more serious game, that can be tough. People can get kind of, uh, weird about those things because they feel like, you know, you took this thing that I had been working on and I had been doing. Now, I would say as a game master, just use that then as the opportunity to split the party. Uh Uh-oh, you guys got this net thrown on you and now that, um... David is running Lee's character, and Lee's not there, um, the net breaks, and Lee's character is now gone. Like, that kind of a thing. Like, he's he's gone. You don't see him. And so David just has to deal with whatever, and we'll come back to Lee's stuff later. Again, tone matters, and I think finding a way to remove this person is probably better than just having them stand around... So long as it is internally consistent to the game, I think that in more serious games, it works better. Why is this person not there? Why are they gone? It's better to just have have them split off from the group. And again, later on, you can focus on them. And you get the opportunity to do something that I really like. Again, splitting the party and how you deal with it. So, you've got, some char- you've got a character or two, a PC or two, split off from the rest of the group. Alright, they weren't there for the previous session, that's why you split them off, so what do you do now? They were captured by kobolds. They, um, they missed the ship, the ship had to leave without them, so they're still stuck in the town and they're trying to find another way to join the rest of the party. Well, how do you get them to the rest of the party? A fun thing that you can do is quickly, either on your own in advance or at the table, very quickly, make additional characters for the other piece, for the other players who were there last time, and have them play new, unimportant characters who are just there for a little bit, who hang out with these the PCs whose players weren't present before. So David and Lee aren't gonna be able to make it to this game we say that the ship left without them and the last thing that Alex and Carl see looking uh, as they're on the on the ship and it's leaving the dock and um, it's it's sailing away at full speed my god the wind's really kicking up they uh, can see there's David and Lee they're stuck on the on the on the docks alright what can they do well We could say that there were no other ships in the harbor or whatever it is that are fast enough to catch up with them. It's all rowboats and that kind of stuff, and they're never going to make it. Slash, the crew of that ship is unwilling to slow down for some reason. Maybe they're pirates and they need to fucking get out of town. Whatever it might be. Well, now you have the opportunity in the next game session to spend some of the time catching David and Lee up to... Alex and Carl. And what you can do is say, hey, you guys need to find someone who has a ship or has some other means to get you to those guys. Hey, Alex and Carl, since all of us are here today, why don't you guys play these additional weird characters who they meet up with and can kind of negotiate Han Solo style? And then those people can come along. And honestly, if those characters stick around and become recurring NPCs, the players will love them. It gives Alex and Carl the opportunity to kind of go a little buck wild because these characters probably aren't going to matter, but if they do stick around, they go nuts. Most players love that stuff. They really like those characters. What do you do for the players who were able to make it when you split the party for those who can't make it? In the game session where Lee and David were unable to join Alex and Carl on the ship, what do you do with Alex and Carl? They're the only two players who made it. Well, this gives you an opportunity to slow the game down And focus on their character stuff. Maybe this is the time that they heal up, maybe this is the time that they go shopping for new items and that kind of stuff. Maybe this is the time where they we explore their pasts. Maybe this is the time where they get the opportunity to talk to sailors on the ship to learn about the world that maybe would be a little more exposition-y than you'd want with all these other characters. I would stay say. focus on the PCs that are there at the time, and that'll be better because they're there at the time, so why not have them enjoy themselves? But maybe slow the plot of the game down a little bit and have this stuff be revealed there. You could also deal with things that just deal with their characters. All right, so maybe while on this ship, they run into somebody who is a distant cousin of theirs, or who knows their missing sibling, or who is um, someone who used to work for the Duke that Alex's character hates, that kind of thing. And so you can get into some more of this. Um, in TV shows, bottle episodes were often an easy way to kind of, not always, but all, periodically in a way to save money especially on shows where you'd have multiple sets, you'd have, like, a lot of extra characters. If we're just in one room, everybody on, the, everybody on the bridge is trapped on the bridge, on the Starship Enterprise. We don't have any other characters. It's just the bridge crew. And maybe it's even um, at, like, some weird time where, you know, it's just Riker, Worf, Troy... And data, and those are the only characters really in this episode. In the beginning, we see other people, then you've got these characters locked in, and we can explore their lives and how they're dealing with this stuff. That's great. And it gives you an opportunity to find out how, hey, maybe these guys are still on the sea, so. David and Lee can hire some pirate who's got the fastest schooner in town, or whatever the fuck it is, and so they can get out to that other ship, or at least can meet up with them uh, shortly afterwards, or they can do something else that keeps them busy. So those are the kind of things that you're going to want to do. You've got advantages. Again, to recap stuff, It's a problem because you could miss out on story. It's a problem because you have uneven advancement, which I'll talk about in just a second. But really, the tone of the game is the bigger thing. Um, If you are playing a very silly game, it probably won't matter. But so much of this is talking to the players in advance and knowing, hey, if I'm not there, I won't mind to just come in and be like, all right, so now we're two levels deeper into the Goblin Fortress? Okay, cool. Like, if the player doesn't mind that much, it's not as big of a deal. Uh, modular games can help with this stuff if you know that people are going to be missing in advance. And splitting the party is always, I think, a pretty good idea and presents a lot more, um, story opportunities. But when I was in the Navy, I served with a captain and his name was Crunch. What of the crunch? Okay, we don't play on this American Dice a ton of super crunchy games. There are lots of exceptions to that, Um, I mean our second long game was Dungeons and Dragons which is a pretty darn crunchy game. But we don't play as many and so for us it's a little bit less of a big deal, especially because in that game there was only one PC through all of the sessions. And uh, so if Marisa wasn't able to make it, uh, the game wasn't going to happen. <laughs> David had to reschedule it. So what do you do when it comes to uneven advancement when you're going to be missing a player? You've got a few options. One option, of course, is doesn't matter. Just go with it. It's not a big deal if you have someone who's a third level fighter and everybody else in the party is fifth level. There are people of differing skill levels in almost any organization. That can be interesting. The fact that, hey, I am the fighter, I'm the tank, but I'm not as good at this as I'm supposed to be, actually produces more stuff. And if you have players who are interested in exploring that, that can be really cool. I'm a wizard, but I just don't know these things. That could be really cool. I'm a I'm a paladin or a cleric. I'm supposed to have this uh, these powers from my deity, but maybe my connection to my deity just simply isn't strong enough. Why is that? Why don't I have this connection with this god that I should? Am I not good enough? Why is it that I'm not as smart? What is it in my knowledge of the arcane that's missing? What is it that I need to do to become better? Those kind of things can become really interesting game opportunities. But there's a lot of people who especially more tactical-oriented players who aren't into that. So what do you do there? If you have the time to run a separate session with that player, and again, if you were able to split the party, maybe have them do something that we can, where we can artificially say, all right, well, let's get you up to the same level as everybody else. You know, yeah, you fell down a hole and you were fighting your way uh, out of the goblin hole, While you met up with the other characters in the treasure room, and yeah, you're down there, and now you, because of fighting all these goblins and doing that stuff, you're such a great fighter, you figured that stuff out. That can work out if you have the time to run those things. You can also just hand wave it if it's really going to be such an issue that you need all the PCs to be at the same level, the same skill level, have had the same amount of accumulated experience points and that kind of thing. You can always hand wave it. But if you don't want to do that, and I understand it, I wouldn't want to do it. There's story opportunities that can come up in finding some other time to deal with those characters. Maybe the other PCs get a little bit less time on them, and the player character who wasn't there earlier gets more time. Maybe. Again, if you split the party, you have that situation where the players who were around before play new characters for a second who are going to be NPCs later on, basically, and they can go through this stuff to get the player who was missing last time up to snuff with everybody else. And that's the big deal. So long as everybody's cool with what's going on, you'll be okay. I like a lot of the advice that Matt Colville has. Um, but periodically Matt Colville will make a comment where he says, oh, this is a legal thing. What you talking about, Colville? Um, And all I can think is, what do you mean legal thing? All of this stuff is us making this up. And I'm sure he means it's connected to the books and it says it in the books and it says you're allowed to do that. And so the common language about Dungeons and Dragons or whatever role-playing game that we're playing is there. And so if you just look there, you can see it. The deal is, so long as everything's cool with the group you have, you're fine. All right. And especially if you're not recording things, working this stuff out amongst yourselves is not a problem. All right. So if you're missing somebody, it's not a big deal. It's not the end of the world. You can keep going. My suggestion would be again, reschedule if it's going to be more serious. All right. Split the party if you can. Uh, If you know in advance, modular gaming can solve some of these issues. And if you're just playing a less serious game, no one gives a shit. So, whether you're in the cosmic toilet, or you were captured by Ewoks, having a player missing shouldn't be a reason to freak out. Until then, this has been the NBC Nightly News. I'm Dan Rather, signing off. Well, as good as it was to hear from Mr. Rather again... Actually, I have to admit that this is This American Dice. I hope you enjoyed some of that GM advice and sound... Sounds like some of it might have been useful. Anyway, please be sure to join us every Thursday for our long games, every Friday for short games, and sometimes GM advice, and on Saturdays, we are having our long games uh, released on YouTube since they're starting to disappear from our old back catalog Sundays, or having short games released on YouTube for the same exact reason. So, be sure to check us out. You can always go to thisamericandice.com or .net, and check us out on Facebook. Till then, folks, we'll see you real soon.